good morning or good afternoon or good evening whenever you're listening to this before i share today's conversation which is a good one as always if you are listening to this on the morning that it's released wednesday the 31st of march then this is just a quick reminder that the doors to the e-commerce accelerator my four-week group program for product-based businesses shuts tonight at 6 p.m and i am so excited to get started and also if you're listening after that and you've missed the doors or actually it's not quite right for you right now then i also wanted to give you a quick heads up that i have managed to find some free hours throughout april and may that i have released as power hours so power hours are one hour with me where we can discuss any challenge that you're having marketing your business and yeah I'll stop selling myself right now. So today's conversation is with the lovely Carmela from Belvedere Marketing. She pronounces it slightly different, she is Italian, I love that Italian accent, I love it so much and it was a really really interesting conversation actually. So Carmela is a social media manager, she focuses predominantly on Instagram and so I really wanted to get her on and get her take on what kind of small businesses are potentially doing wrong what they could be doing a little bit better and we covered so so much she has got some experience working with a high-end retailer in London and so she's managed to kind of transfer those skills that she learned and she now helps small product-based businesses grow their Instagram get more engagement get more sales and all of that great stuff so it was really important for me to get her on the podcast actually because I think I like getting all everybody's different perspectives we might kind of from the outside see that people do the same jobs but everybody's got their own way everybody's got their own kind of tweaks that they make so if you do give this a listen and you do find it useful please feel free to share it on socials don't forget to tag myself and Carmela and if she sounds like the kind of person that could help you out, then all of her details will be in the show notes. Links to her website, her Instagram, the whole shebang. So, as always, I'm going to shut up. And here is my conversation with the lovely Carmela from Belvedere Marketing. Okay, hello lovely Carmela, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm good now that we're going to stop having technical fucking issues. <laughs> I love it, I've got my fingers crossed for the best. <laughs> just as a heads up to anybody that's listened to this, we've already done seven minutes of this podcast, we've just had to delete it. <laughs> it's okay, it'll be even better second time round. Yes, it will, positive vibes, I love it. So... Before we get started into the conversation, with every guest, I like to challenge them to introduce themselves as a person, not as a business, because we have a bad habit of doing that, in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Okay. Let's do you this. already know this. I'm You've ready. You've done it once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see if it's just as good. <laughs> ready? Yeah. Go. Hi, my name is Camilla Elizabeth. I'm half English, half Italian. I live in London. I love traveling, really, really big fan of photography. So generally an all round creative person. 
I got a plasma trail of thought. I work <laughs> for myself and I run Belvedere Marketing. <laughs> Hooray! And you did it in 22 seconds, three seconds slower than last time, but it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> God, technology's great when it works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> God. God's sake. But to be fair, your intro was pretty much spot on. The only thing that I wrote down the first time that you didn't mention the second time is that you're a summer baby. So it was pretty oh, yeah. spot on. Okay. <laughs> When's your birthday? Uh, August 16th. Oh, you are a summer baby. I'm a real nice. summer baby. Yeah, always the youngest of the year, which I used to hate. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> and um, I know we've had this conversation before, but whereabouts in Italy are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't give me the giggles. <laughs> So originally, I'm from the south of Italy, a place called Calabria. It's like basically the toe of the boot. But I li basically lived and grew up um, in the north of Italy, not too far from Milan, a place called Parma. And it's where all the best food is from. So like Parma ham, Parmesan cheese. The best it. place. The yeah. best place. <laughs> Why are you in England if you're from the place, if you grew up in the place <sighs> that has Parma ham? <laughs> it's a really long story. I was actually born in London, um, but I moved over there when I was like... 12 or maybe slightly younger so basically I don't have any GCSEs really fun fact about me I wasn't in the country for them so I came back for sixth form so that's why I have an English accent and I sound like I'm from London and then I went to uni in the UK as well that's amazing that's really cool I like that <laughs> thank you I, not to make assumptions can you speak yeah you can speak Italian yeah right? yeah fluent Italian yeah I love that that's, do you know what <laughs> Fun fact, that's the one language I really wish I'd learnt. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's not really that popular or common, like, in schools and unis, really. But, yeah. I think it's because, like, my family is Roman Catholic. So, obviously, mm. there's there's been a heritage of, like, Latin. And yeah. it just fascinates me. And I'm like, I really want to learn it. But then people are like, it's a dead language. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go for Italian then. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I love that, though. That's actually really nice because, honestly, most, like, don't really know anyone that speaks Italian unless they're Italian. Like no one really ever studies it unless they have some type of heritage or, or family origins from there. That's so true, actually, because I think like when you think about school, you think French, Spanish, and German. Tend German, to, yeah. And obviously, recently would have been like Mandarin. I think is like the newest option that kids can can learn. Wow, I yeah. did not know that. I know that's what I wish I did at uni. I wish I did Mandarin or Korean or something like that. How cool would that be? I know, I know. I feel like I definitely wasted my opportunity to learn a new language by just studying the one that I already knew. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, we've digressed. I obviously asked you to be on the podcast because you're also a pro at marketing. Thank you. So, Carmela, tell us a little bit about what you do as a job now, your business and all of that greatness. Yeah, sure. So I uh, run Belvedere Marketing and we are don't really like to call myself a digital marketing agency because I feel like sometimes it gets a bad rep, but consider me a freelancer, if you will. I work with small and independent brands. Um, they tend to be female or like family run, tend to be product based. But again, I do have some service providers in my portfolio. Um, and yeah, basically do everything from a bit of email marketing, product photography, but mainly my kind of expertise and real passion sits on Instagram and content creation. Um, and yeah, I started Belvedere last year. So uh, yeah, summer of 2020, 
which as we all know, wasn't a very fun year. Um, but yeah, I basically took that leap to going self-employed and running my own business from the sheer lack of being able to find a job, to be honest. Truth be told, um, I was left unemployed thanks to COVID, which I mean, you know, wasn't the best of times, I must admit. But I think it actually, in the long run, like now looking back, it actually did me a world of good. I learned a lot about myself and I was really, really able to kind of focus on what I wanted to do long term. And it was to have my own business. So, yeah, kind of just sped up the process a bit for me. That's so cool, because I think I've the more conversations I've been having recently, actually, a lot of people were starting to see the positives that have come out of it. Yeah, it's not and easy. Think, <laughs> yeah, it is. It obviously is really hard, and obviously it's affected everybody so so differently. But I think for some of us, like for me personally, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I hadn't have had the time where I had to stop, take a step back, and like reevaluate. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely learned a lot last year, and that's. I mean, obviously, you know, I went to university. I studied business. I then had a semi-corporate job in marketing um so within social media that's where my obviously experience um comes from but I just I don't know it wasn't really doing it for me and that's why in that March of last year I was in the transition of finding a new job in marketing just so happens you know fell through because obviously of lockdown um but yeah I think definitely listen last year obviously for some people was really hard and myself included you know like suffered loss both kind of financial family everything but yeah, now that I look back, I can appreciate that even though at the time it was really hard, it actually gave me the time and space to kind of reflect on what I truly wanted to do moving forward and what truly made me happy. So, yeah. I think that can only be seen as a plus sometimes. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah. So, and I think, lining. I guess, yeah, exactly. Every cloud. <laughs> and I guess, let's start with that point, actually. So, I guess I always kind of pick up with guests around challenges towards the end of the podcast, Mm -hmm. but maybe let's start there. So apart from the fact that, you know, the inevitable, the fact that, you know, you felt like you were struggling to find a job in an already, like, hard market, let's say. (laughs) Very, very competitive market. And (laughs) in London, may I add. Which is even, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've said this before plenty of times, but finding a job at the best of times is not the easiest thing to do. And then doing that in an already pretty saturated market in a hub like London during a pandemic, I just think those three combined, it was just like, it just wasn't going to happen. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. So apart from, I mean, I know it's hard to right now, but pandemic aside. Yeah. What would you say has been like the biggest challenge for you going from semi-corporate, as you said, job Mm -hmm. to self-employed? Because I think, you know, I've done it and I've talked a lot about corporate life, nine years of corporate life, which is just frankly fucking hell, to (laughs) (laughs) to self-employment. Yeah. And I think the more conversations we have about it and normalize it, it, people can... I don't know about anybody else, but I kind of feel like actually my feelings are more validated when I hear mm-hmm. other people that have been through the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So what would you say have kind of been, pandemic aside, your kind of biggest challenges from switching those two worlds? I mean, there is a number of things, but I think if I really had to put my finger on it, it would probably be from working in quite a social busy environment and kind of having the routine that came with working in London so again not a fun side of it the commute 
being around people, you know, kind of having that routine of getting your morning coffee, seeing people for meetings. And I obviously then with being self-employed and again in the pandemic, work at home by myself pretty much every day of the week. And so it's been really hard just to establish that routine and actually keep myself accountable and motivated as well. you know, I'm happy to admit that I'm not someone that actually enjoys my own company. I'm very much a social butterfly. I thrive in social environments. So being by myself all day, every day, I must admit it's not the most of fun. So I'm actually really looking forward to like maybe hopefully soon, God knows when, hopefully in the next few months, you know, co-working spaces may open or at least I can go work in coffee shops again. Um, So that's, I think, what I've struggled the most with if I had to put my finger on it. God, isn't it hard? Yeah, like, it's not easy. I think, God, it's so hard. I really, I think, I mean, I've had some friends and not all my friends are self-employed. A lot of them do work in London in the city and they really like that kind of rat race, you know, that we all are aware of. Um, I've had one or two that have gone self-employed or have some type of side hustle. And I never really considered that being a problem for them. Like I would never have thought, I mean, you know, I didn't live it. I hadn't gone through that. But now that I'm, again, like most people, I'm sure listening to this is still working from home, still having to make, you know, their home environment, their workplace. I really struggle with switching off as well because my office is basically like partly in my living room. And so me being able to like cut off from work is not as easy as it would be from walking out the office and saying goodbye for the weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this just before we hit record, didn't we? Because I said, like, I feel really privileged that I can... I'm literally in a separate room, so I can. It's very rare that I do. I'm not gonna lie, but I can (laughs) shut the door and just be like, "No, not today." Yeah, yeah. No, I'm done for the evening. So I, I can only empathise. I can only imagine what that's like. Actually, being able to see your laptop, being able to see your desk, because there's always something else you can do, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I preach a lot about like give yourself time off. You know, I'm very much about find the balance, but. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I've still not found the balance myself. I think it is a work in progress. Um, I've gotten much better and not looking at emails on the weekends, not answering inquiries on the weekends. My next thing I'm trying to do is also just cut off from Instagram on the weekends as well. But I mean, <laughs> wish luck. me luck. <laughs> I was going to say that's a bit of a tall statement, but yeah, wish me luck with that one. <laughs> You're a much bigger person than me if you can do it. Please tell me your ways if you can do it. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Jeez. Um, amazing. So obviously you kind of mentioned that, in fact, one thing I want to pick up on because it's an interesting conversation for Mm -hmm. me and I know it's not what we discussed beforehand, Yeah. but it was the fact that you mentioned that you would like to call yourself, wouldn't like to call yourself a digital marketing agency Yeah. because they get a bad rep. And honest to God, I've had this conversation more in the last week than I've had any other conversation no way purely because i'm getting so infuriated with the level of shit that agencies are giving essentially the rest of us a bad rep yeah and they get away with it which is what's so frustrating (laughs) how the hell do they get away with it i really i really don't know like again i'm not going to sit here and you know slander anyone in particular or call anybody out but i don't know what it is but i don't want to put myself out there as an agency again I am still a one woman team so I'm not working with you know colleagues and employees um but yeah I like well sorry I'll start again my approach 
to working with a client and within social media, it's very personal. And I get this impression that working with an agency, it's like they kind of just hand it off to someone or they kind of shove it on a freelancer's desk. There's no real management at times. Again, this doesn't apply to everyone. Um, and yeah, I mean, some of the strategies and kind of even some of their Instagram posts, I follow some people, I'm like, where, where are you putting this out from? Like, where, who's told you this? So this is not true. And I don't know what it is, but I, I can see why they get a bad rep and I can understand it to a certain extent. It just, I don't know what it is. Like, I think one of the conversations I had this week uh, with the Ash Jones, actually, the episode before yours. Yeah. Um, I've talked to him quite a lot in DMs and stuff. And so he runs a personal branding agency. Mm -hmm. But when we were talking in the DMs, he was like, we're not an agency. Mm. And I was like, "Mm, I think you you might be. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, but I don't don't like the word agency. And I was like, I don't like the word agency. Why don't you like the word agency? And it's just this, this negative connotation. And like, it almost feels like, the amount of money that some people you hear people paying for and you know mm. in the corporate world I've been on that end I've had yeah. to work with external agencies and yet I sit there and I'm like I would never do that yeah I mean I don't know obviously exactly what some people are charging but I mean I could only imagine if they've got a team and an office and lo- so many overheads I kind of do question sometimes how they get away with quoting what they do to be completely honest because you know we both work within marketing I'm fully aware how long it takes to do something on Instagram I'm fully aware of how long it takes to write a caption and do hashtags so yeah I mean it's a bit of a gray area I don't I don't want to sit here and obviously bash anyone but yeah I I completely get it for me I don't like the term agency because it doesn't seem personal and I'm I work very closely with my clients and I have good relationships with them which is why I don't like to consider myself an agency because I think I offer more than that yeah and that's key actually because I think especially kind of small medium business range if you like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what those guys need yeah definitely yeah yeah I mean it's not so much about like holding their hand through the process, but a lot of small or startup medium-sized businesses, and it's absolutely fine they don't, they don't normally have a very good handle on what digital marketing is and how important it is to their business or how they can work with me on or somebody else on X, Y, and Z. And so I think it has to be personal um, and you have to work closely with them. Um, and that's honestly what I pride myself on. Like I've got a great relationship with my clients and I I actually said this the other day to someone I was speaking to a friend and I said like yes okay it's difficult to have that really close again it's always going to be formal it is a working relationship but I don't necessarily I'm always able to get that relationship straight away because everything is virtual now everything's you know done on our devices and of course it's not the same as meeting someone in person because you know if you're a good person who can read someone and has a good kind of vibe of characters you'll know instantly if you want to work with someone just from their mannerisms and how they speak so it is a little bit harder at times to have that connection but I was saying to this friend of mine I don't onboard anybody unless I've had a zoom call with them at least once um because I think it's really important that you do get to know who you're working with not only from my point of view want to make sure the customer's right and that I like the client and that we're on the same page also on their like on their behalf as well I think it's important they feel comfortable and they know they can trust you with their brand and that you're almost kind of meeting their expectations right yeah yeah absolutely yeah I think 
again, maybe it comes with some people if they don't have an experience or any background in marketing, they may not know how certain things work or what the processes are. And so I think it's really important to have that relationship where you can, you know, hold their hand, but not in a like condescending way, just in a nice way. You know, you walk yeah. them through the process and you help them and you kind of steer them in the direction that you think their business needs to go. Yeah, I agree. That's so important. And so obviously right at the beginning you mentioned that predominantly you work with female business owners and generally product-based which is Mm -hmm. really intriguing for me because I think um, anybody that listens to the podcast will have heard me go through the process of somehow missing the fact that that's what I've done for my entire career and yet I was moving into (laughs) literally since I was 18 all I've done every marketing role has been in a product-based business. How interesting and you didn't notice when I went self-employed, I just kind of went, I'll just help everybody. It'll be mm. fine. And it wasn't until October here, I took a bit of a slump and I was just reevaluating mm-hmm. where the hell I was, what I was doing, who I was trying to attract, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was like, I know how to market products. Like, why yeah. is that not my thing? <laughs> what? It's really funny, isn't it? Sometimes less you actually take the moment to reflect. Like you just, you're so in the business and you're so busy working. You tend to forget like the basics sometimes. It's just the hamster wheel. It was mm. just like, just keep chugging, yeah. keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really cool actually to talk to somebody else that is predominantly product-based. So I guess obviously mentioning that you're kind of predominantly social, Mm-hmm. what would you say is kind of the most predominant mistakes that product-based businesses are making on social media so again there's a variety I think the first one that would come to mind is them not really being at the forefront of the brand and at times they don't like to show up or introduce themselves because they don't think it's necessary or they don't feel comfortable doing that But for me, actually working with independent and small businesses, it's actually really important that you do that. And there's a trend now as well that even big corporations are trying to act like independent um, businesses. And so really do like capitalize on that. And it's about showing up. So obviously I'll talk about Instagram. That's, you know, showing your journey, showing behind the scenes, using stories where you can, I would advise every day. I know that can seem like a lot to some people, but yeah, I would say the first thing I would flag is them not wanting to be at t- not the face of the brand. Obviously, you have your branding for that, but not wanting to show up as the business owner and being the voice of the brand. And I think that's actually really important. So you OK, so let's talk about this because mm-hmm. I I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcast episodes. But I have listened to a few. Yeah, <laughs> I like to play devil's advocate a little Go bit. On so it's, not, it's not that I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I just like to pull it out of people. Yeah. Do you think that it's really important as a product-based business mm-hmm. for there to be a human face for that business that, you know, might talk on stories, that might be the person that shows them around a stock room or a warehouse, yeah. or whatever it is? Yeah. Do you think it is important that there is a human face or, you know, are there ways around that? Uh, so I would say yes, I think it is uh there may be ways around it and we can maybe divulge into them a bit later but I would say yes because I mean I always think about the content side of it and so also from the aspect of as well as being someone that works in socials I'm also a very big consumer of social media and I spend unfortunately the majority of my time on my phone so I'm definitely a consumer and I've seen the other side of watching other small businesses and what they do and 
again, this is my personal opinion and, and how I see it, but I connect and I'm far more passionate about brands and businesses that have a name or a face that I can recognize. And the reason why I say this, um, I actually said this on a live today, but it's actually also the example. So for example, I used to work for a lifestyle and independent store, right? And in London, we would stock huge brands like HK Living, Brost, um, basically a lot of Scandinavian brands and interior and homeware. But that being said, they weren't who represented us. And the way I see it is that if I walked into a store and that person didn't acknowledge me, didn't introduce themselves, gave me no information about the products, probably wouldn't be converted into a customer. I'd probably feel a little bit like unappreciated maybe, like I've made the effort to kind of come and see what you're all about and you've not told me. Um, and that's how I kind of see stories. So I think if you are a small business and you're an independent, like it can be hard, but try not to assume that they know exactly what your business or brand is about. It's You kind of have to tell them and like kind of walk them through that process. And a brand that has a really strong story will resonate with people. Um, and it also comes down to things like, for example, again, slightly off topic, but I think the human element is important. So for example, in images, let's say you've got, I don't know, a candle brand, right? So you would have like a product uh, a product image that could just be like on your typical white background that you would use for your website. That kind of imagery is not going to go or basically perform very well for you on socials because you need a human element. You need to style the product. People need to be able to see it being used. They need to be able to imagine themselves using it. And so I think a human element to a business is always really important. Goodness me, that is so good. Okay, so I feel like good. I was under pressure then. I was like, I need to actually prove my point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. I love it because as well, like I don't, you know, we didn't really prep for these. So, mm -hmm. like, I think when you don't prep for something, it uh, when it's off the cuff, it's much more, you know, personalized and relevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, I I really love the example to the point. I'm just going to pre-warn you; it's probably going to mm -hmm. be turned into a quote for the gram. Go for it. Around, um kind of changing the example to if you were to walk into a store yeah because you're right you know if you walk into a store and the salesman ignores you <laughs> you're yeah. like hun you don't you feel right yeah like you just don't feel valued as a customer at all I'm here to buy your thing and you know I guess there's there's probably there's probably a, a scale if you like mm -hmm. you know if I was to walk into Primark I probably don't expect it but if yeah, I was to absolutely. walk into I don't know, high-end fashion, if they didn't approach me, I'm pretty pissed off at that point. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. But I think like the example as well is, so I always visualize it as the company that I used to work for. So we were an independent boutique essentially in Islington on Camden Passage actually, which is full of independent stores. Um, it's a lovely area of London. And like the way that we would, again, not like convert people into a customer, but make them feel welcomed, make them feel like they're confident in their purchase. I mean, the girls that worked in the store, like, you know, the customer service would be absolutely top notch. And it had to be because you're competing with so many other people in our case on that street, in a small businesses case on social media, you're competing with a very oversaturated market on Instagram. There are so many accounts on there. And so showing your personality and kind of doing some of that education and behind the scenes for your customers is honestly essential. But that's the thing, isn't it? You're just essentially taking that in real life experience and flipping it yeah. to an online experience. And I think that's one of the things where 
over the last 12 months especially mm. we've we've all had to take into account because regardless of you know I've always done my job online mm-hmm. but working with product-based businesses you you have to be able to convey that same message that same feeling yeah as somebody walking up to you and saying do you need any help on your website yeah absolutely yeah I mean it's not easy to do don't get me wrong like you know oh god no um showing your personality through a brand or a product at times is not easy you know it comes down to your branding and your tone of voice and your messaging of course there's other elements to it but when it comes to Instagram I think the thing that kind of wouldn't say it annoys me but I feel like oh come on it's the least you could do just show up and tell people who you are or explain why you've started your business let them know why you are passionate and why you do make or or provide what you do um because I'm always really interested to know people's stories and I I know and assume that everyone else is too so so uh, interesting question for you because I've done quite a few power hours recently Mm -hmm. and found the same kind of topics cropping up and that's around, especially when it comes to Insta, yeah, around kind of the confidence behind, it's almost like people think that what they have to say isn't important, isn't yeah. relevant, and people aren't going to want to hear it. And the thing I found is I'm very much kind of trying to kind of tunnel them and push them down this path yeah. of all, all of the things that you think are really boring, all of the things that are really mundane to you, that yeah. you do every single day is the stuff that I need to see mm-hmm. yeah because absolutely. it will make me you know understand your business and your brand and your products so much better yeah what would you say doing the work that you do that you find are the most kind of common challenges like does that kind of thing crop up a lot oh, is there anything else yeah that that I think is one of the major ones and again for certain people it's because of certain things the overriding reason that I get again, whether it's my long-term clients or consultancy clients, which I think is kind of similar to your power hours, is people being like, oh, I just don't like being on camera. Or a lot of the time as well, aside from that, it's also what are people going to think? Like, What will family and friends think of me showing up and being this online personal guru? Like, They're going to think I'm an absolute idiot and they're going to take the mick out of me. And you know what, if they do, so be it. They're not good friends. And I I doubt they would realistically if they knew your passion and why you're doing certain things. Um, But yeah, that's definitely one that I get a lot, definitely from small business owners is I don't feel like I should or could show up. And then the reason is they're not confident enough on camera. And I just don't know how to, it's so hard to try and explain that, you know, I've mentioned multiple times the amount I still get them every <laughs> single week. Somebody will message me and say, "How do you talk to a camera?" And I'm like, yeah. two years, two yeah. years. Next week, <laughs> two years. I've been doing it every single day." Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely something that when you, I would, I always encourage my clients or people that even just you know come into my DMs asking for advice. Just please throw yourself in at the deep end. Like it is actually. A method that works and you just need to get over that first hurdle and and the kind of initial assumption of oh god I don't look good enough or I need a certain filter or I'm stuttering or I'm not getting my words out or, or my accents you know whatever there's so many things but it's honestly just please go for it and I found again you know I only I've only had my Instagram account since the August of last year as I said like at first I was like what am I even talking about like no one's interested like I don't even have any followers but you just got to do it you've just got to get yourself out there once you do it a few times it will become a habit 
And then it really will just become a part of your day and a part of your routine. And what kind of impact has that had for you as a business that's for me, you know, it's just crucial. Getting on with it. Yeah, for me, it's crucial in terms of showing up because, you know, like in your case as well, yeah, okay, we may be businesses, but we're the face of our business. Like I am my business because I'm the person who provides that service. Um, but also with product-based business, like you're the creator, you're the person who makes that product or, you know, you've designed it or whatever it is. And so it, it is just so important. Um, I would say, I'm trying to think now, um, I'd probably say like overall, it's just biting that bullet, get it out of your system, do it. And then I, I promise you it'll become a lot easier in the long run. I promise. There's definitely method to the madness, isn't there? Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a phrase that I seem to have just developed. It's like, it's just anything. It's method. I promise there's method. Yeah, there's a reason for it. <laughs> Keep going. I promise it will work. Um, and so in terms of, so showing up and showing their face and being the face of their brand is obviously one thing that you see happening a lot. Yeah. Is there anything else? And I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of, I think one of the key things that keeps cropping up, especially in my feed, is around engagement and, yeah. you know, people want engagement. So is there anything that small businesses are doing wrong or you see happening a lot where you're like, oh, just just do it this way and you'll yeah. get better engagement? Yeah, sure. Um, so there's obviously a few like different elements depending on the types of content. But overall, I would probably say that if people aren't engaging with your content, Again, I don't want to sound harsh, but maybe it's not strong enough or maybe the messaging isn't strong enough. Um, You're allowed to be harsh on this podcast. Okay, it, it, the truth hurts, but like we're here to help. So hopefully this is this is going to help people. But yeah, I think like when there's no purpose and no meaning to captions, I'm like, oh, come on, just like give me more, like give me something to work with here. Like just give me more information or inspire me to buy or, you know, do teach me something, for example. So I would say like a lack of purpose in captions is kind of just a bit frustrating because it's a key part of your content and it's where you actually give a post a purpose. Um, something else I would maybe say is also imagery. I think this is like something that a lot of people are more aware of, but obviously let's just compare it to Twitter, for example. So Twitter is obviously the written word, like that is what Twitter is. It's a feed of writing essentially, right? Whereas Instagram is far more visual because every post has some element of an image or a video attached to it and so I think for product-based businesses again I know outsourcing is expensive and it can be an investment or it can be something you maybe don't have time to do but strong imagery is also really important for product-based businesses um, because an image will sell your product for you so that's really important um trying to think of some other stuff now you've got me on the spot (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I guess like let's go back to kind of the purpose thing because I think mm -hmm. one of the things that crops up a lot especially in my DMs, is around, you know how the big gurus always say, give value? Yes. Oh, God, isn't that a burner? Right. (laughs) For for a product-based business, for somebody that works with product-based businesses, Mm -hmm. can you explain what value means in terms of Instagram content? So call it value I would maybe call it more purpose potentially um so I would see that as your posts your feeds your content can't just be a pretty picture unfortunately Instagram is saturated there's thousands of people that do what you do you need to stand apart and the way you do that is through your visual content so imagery infographics whatever it may be 
but actually adding value and what I, as I said, would call purpose is you either need to, again, pretty picture will only get you so far, right? It may convert them to follow you or kind of stick around on your feed for a bit longer if it's aesthetically pleasing, but it's not going to make you a sale realistically. So I would see that as the purpose behind a post is why should they be reading the caption or why should they be on your feed? What will they get from that? Not in terms of visually, what are you actually selling, but more to the point of, are they learning something about your product? Are you giving them insight into the product, how it's made, where it's sourced? Is it sustainable? Is it not? Um, what's it made of, you know, or your services? So why do you provide that service? What have your clients or previous clients said about it? Adding value and purpose is not just, this is a picture of this. Like, no, that's not going to get you so far. Captions of two words, forget it. You need to actually be in there writing like at least a paragraph or a few sentences. Um, so yeah, I would say value is like either inspire somebody, teach them something so you're educating them about your brand or your business. Um, also, it's a good way of building trust as well. So kind of telling people about your brand story, giving them the behind the scenes, you know, be honest with your audience and your community. Like if you're struggling with something or if you've come across a hiccup in packaging or I don't know what it could be, tell them, like just be honest and real with your audience. And that is really how you will build an engaged audience is by having a community. That's crucial. Bloody love it. That was <laughs> such a good roundup. Love that. Thanks. And <laughs> I wrote down two things. One which you kind of mentioned but didn't, so I'll come back to that one. Yeah. Second one, vulnerability. Yes. I genuinely think that a lot of people are so friggin' scared yeah. to say, this has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. This, you know, we can't ship orders by this point or the stock's not arrived, so your order's going to be late. Yeah. How, how do you overcome that? I'm, I'm personally, I'm like, I've seen the difference. If I show up and say, I'm feeling a little bit of shit. So yeah. actually it's not going to be a podcast this week or this is not going to happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think when you show that human element, the results off the back of it is just nuts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because people connect with you as a genuine human being. But I think mm. there's almost like this disconnect between because they sell products rather than themselves as a yeah. service there's almost like this scaredness, I guess, is the yeah. word. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, obviously, when you're a product-based business or a business in general online, obviously, you're not always going to be shouting about your personal life because that's for your personal Instagram and for your own, you know, little click or, or family bubble. But I would definitely say there's obviously a fine line between like oversharing and posting anything that happens in your day like it has to be slightly relatable to the business so have something to do with what you're actually on Instagram doing um but I would want to say there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable and if anything your audience will appreciate that you are being real with them and they may be able to relate to what you're going through whether it's overly business-based or not um and I think we I think people forget that like Instagram Twitter Facebook whatever it's all but we're on so we're on social media platforms like the key <laughs> is in the name <laughs> like let's be sociable so let's reach out engage with others build genuine connections and that's the only way in my eyes that you actually do build a community is by getting them to trust you and you can do that by being real and just by being really honest and open with your journey and how things are going 
And you know, essentially, it's going to be the thing that differentiates you between yeah, you absolutely. and John Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people actually forget that your personality is what makes you and your business, or you as a person is what makes your business stand out from the rest. Um, again, I'll, I'll use a candle brand as an example because it's what comes to mind because I've got one burning next to me. But I always <laughs> use candles as, as an example brand. I don't know what I do. I so think I love them so much. Um, but yeah, so let's just take the idea of like candles with you know the female form or the bubbles or the shells, right? We have seen thousands upon thousands of people start those businesses in lockdown I'm all for it I'm happy for you it's amazing but what are those businesses doing to make themselves different so a way candle brand will stand out from another one that sells exactly the same product is okay branding packaging ethos you know brand messaging your imagery but then it's also who is the person creating that product don't forget if you're a small business People buy from you because they like supporting small and independent businesses. And a lot of that comes from like this, you know, the movement of shopping small, which I'm such a diehard fan of. And I hope we really don't go back to buying from like the giants of the high street because I'm not here for it. But yeah, your personality is what makes you stand out from a crowd. And no one else is going to be the same business owner that you are. Agreed. And I think like as much as I've... All right, brutal honesty. I've been stuck in a bit of a comparison trap this week. Yeah. And if you were to take a light-hearted approach to that and put those two candle brands next to each other, if one shows their face mm-hmm. and shows them up on stories and shows how it's made and all of that kind of stuff and the other one doesn't, yeah. Which one are you going to resonate with? I mean, personally the first one. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I'd be like, I like that chick. Let's yeah. let's buy her thing. Yeah, definitely. And it's actually really nice as well when a brand or, you know, a business owner shows up because I always I mean, I'm happy to say this about my own community, but it applies to product based businesses as well. Like when you are honest and real and you show up for and in your business. You will actually, by some little magic of people loving independence, like you will cultivate little cheerleaders and people that will be so happy with everything you bring out. They will have to buy everything because they not only love you and your product, so they not only love your product and your business, but importantly, they're learning to love you and to really appreciate you. And they'll want to support you in anything that you do. And that is where the magic happens. Oh, that's so cute. And you just made me kind of think about like this. It's so funny. I've got two ladies that it doesn't matter what I post, they're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they're both American. Like, there's there's quite a few. You know, I feel like I am starting to finally get that kind of ball rolling with more of a community. Yeah. And, you know, I'll see the same no- names crop up when I go live and yeah. comment on posts and all of that great it's stuff. so nice. There's two ladies in the States that regardless of what I do, they'll DM me with the nicest comments. I love that. And it's, it all started with, I love your accent. And I was like, wait a minute, what fucking accent? <laughs> I didn't realise they were American. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? I'm I'm trying to sell digital services and you're talking about my voice. <laughs> what? It's so funny. But yeah, it's true so- though. Like the smallest of things again, whether in your case you haven't got it in common, but I mean, for example, I'll give you the example of Holly, who I obviously have the podcast and the digital product with, and she's in the co-working club that we're both a member of. Um, we didn't meet P 
because we were only in the co-working club we connected over something so random it was about traveling to Australia and from there we've like been able to have this business partnership and journey as well which is so amazing so I think people need to be aware that don't be afraid to reach out to people online like as I said we're on social media be sociable don't be afraid to reach out and connect with people and now more than ever like we're all stuck at home all right we're going to probably be locked up for a Hopefully not too much longer, but I'm not going to jinx it. Who knows? (laughs) And people are are longing for that connection. And so, yeah, don't, don't, please don't shy away from it. And it's so true as well, because I think there is, I think there's a couple of people that have just cropped up in my brain there Mm -hmm. where they're, they're almost kind of at a certain point and they're like, oh, I can't talk to that person because they're a bit further ahead than me. And I'm like, they're still a human being. Yeah. Yeah. They're still a person. Yeah. They're literally just like you yeah god that's so true um and the second thing i wrote down mm-hmm. was expectation for sales oh yeah do you find that and i feel like i am going to be devil's advocate on this go one, on do it i don't know what your answer is going to be so we'll, okay. let's see how this plays out okay <laughs> do you find especially with kind of the clients that you work with small businesses do you find that there is an unrealistic expectation for using the lights of Instagram to drive stupid amounts of sales and it's Mm -hmm. just not attainable? Um, I wouldn't 100% say yes, but one thing I would say that is a a kind, well, I mean, it is a bit of a a, a pain point of mine. It kind of does piss me off slightly when I hear other people shouting about it too and it's like, numbers literally mean nothing okay so apart from the fact that you can buy followers let's put all of the unauthenticness aside even if I was to have or this candle brand let's say to not make it about me this candle brand had 10,000 followers that does not mean they're getting 10,000 sales like let's just be real (laughs) the percentage of people that follow you that actually you are able to convert or even your target audience or that will continue following you long term as your business grows and develops, you will wean out those those people that aren't actually there for the right reasons and aren't generally interested and maybe just followed you because they wanted you to follow them back and then they're going to unfollow you anyway. So I would say God, my the biggest... the worst people. Oh, honestly, they just need to leave Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> my, my biggest frustration comes with numbers is everything and that's really just a bit of like an ego boost and a vanity thing. And I will fully admit, I would love to hang have 10,000 followers sure I would I'm sure I would. so we can get the swipe up link and it looks nice and it's like the 10k and it's polished and it looks clean on your account but that also doesn't mean much to me because just by having 10,000 followers does not mean I would have that many more clients so yeah and the swipe up feature sounds fancy but it's not gonna save you fucking business let's be honest no absolutely not I mean it may help like shorten that customer journey to the purchase by not having to go to the link in your bio or if you have you know Instagram shop set up going to the shopping tab but yeah if you're still selling something they're not interested in still doesn't mean anything (laughs) still not interested exactly (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I just I just I think I find I find more recently I guess you know during pandemic Mm -hmm. which is understandable yeah there's a lot of people that kind of have this expectation of, well, I was posting, I don't know, twice a week on Instagram. Now I'm posting every day and I should be seeing X amount of sales. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> no, I wish it did. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all wish it did. <laughs> but it doesn't. No, unfor- unfortunately not. Yeah. 
and it, it's, it's a hard easy, one it? it's it's but it's just about people's like I don't know mindset perception a bit of everything really as to how they view Instagram as a tool for their business um yeah I mean don't get me wrong I would love to think that I mean I try to post every day but I don't always but like let's put it down to consistency right I tend to be pretty consistent I'm on stories every day I'm doing lives IGTVs whatever you know posting on my feed doing all that fun stuff um that doesn't mean that just because you see from the outside that I'm doing everything doesn't mean that it's actually bringing in customers it just means that I'm in that process of being consistent I'm always showing up for my business and I know that if I stick at it it will at some point in the future bring in a client and so I think people really need to understand that just because you think someone is doing great on Instagram or they seem to have their shit together does not mean that they do and this is a whole other can of worms but yeah preach let's <laughs> preach do you know what the amount of people and actually from the co-working club mm-hmm. in the last three or four weeks the amount of people that have messaged me saying Lorna you're absolutely smashing it and I was like you don't understand that oh, I'm probably yeah. crying myself to sleep yeah yeah I know I'm, I know. I'm exhausted I'm knackered I'm posting up to three times a day on the grid I'm going live. I'm doing reels. I'm knackered. <laughs> and they're like, you're smashing it. And I'm like, can we not? It looks that's- like from the outside, that's the thing. It's people's perception of it. So if perception. someone thinks, oh, they're churning out content left, right and center. You know, they're talking on stories about all these sales. Like, firstly, you could be lying. Like, let, let's just, <laughs> like, you could be like, we've sold uh, out. And actually, you have it. I'm not lying. <laughs> no, so. not you. <laughs> I mean like product-based businesses when they're like oh we sold out next drop is blah blah like that that is literally one of the best marketing ploys ever to pretend like something is so in demand and it's actually not so I think people just need to take social media as a whole with a pinch of salt like you know it's very oversaid and it's a bit cliche but it is a highlight of people's lives and people's businesses and you know, not everyone is super honest on socials because, again, it puts them in a vulnerable position and they may not think that it's right for their business or their private account to be on stories upset and to say what they're really struggling with. I know that I follow some people that are like that and I love going onto their profile because it actually just reminds me, you know what, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Not everything is always perfect. Not every business is smashing it and that's fine we're just all on this journey and we just need to kind of work out our own paths and and just kind of stick to our lane and do our own thing we just all need to remind ourselves that we're all human yeah yeah just take the pressure off like the one thing I don't know if you get this the one thing that I kind of makes me like a bit sad for people is when they're like I tried Instagram I just don't enjoy it anymore like it's it's a chore like I don't like it I'm not, I don't know, inspired anymore. I'm like, okay, first thing I would say is you need to take a break because clearly you're just forcing it to happen when it's not meant to be happening. And like forcing creativity is never when you're going to be your most creative, unfortunately. It's not how it works. Um, But also like taking that step back to reevaluate will do you the world of good for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I've just noticed the time and I feel like we could talk forever. But... (laughs) (laughs) without taking without taking up too much more of your time what what um tips would you give any small business owner probably product-based business at Mm -hmm. this point but you know any small business owner on instagram right now uh that they can take away and go and do off the back of this podcast yeah sure um so one of the first things i would say and it can tie into instagram but also just for your business overall is please 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 be aware of the following three things and i'll explain why in a minute so you need to be aware of like who your cus- 
who your customer is, who your target audience is. So have that in mind, demographic, you know, client avatar, whatever it is. Um, what it is you're offering. So again, if it's a product, be aware of it, know it inside out. If it's a service, same thing. And then also be aware of why. So for Instagram, like why would somebody follow you? But again, for like just in general business purposes, why would somebody buy from you? Or like, why would they come to you? I think that honestly is like a little pearl of wisdom, even if I'm going to say it myself. But like knowing that is so important for your business, but it's also so important for social because if you show up on Instagram every day and you're not getting the engagement you're looking for and people aren't seeming to be interested, sure, it's super demoralizing, but are you actually targeting the right people? Like, are you actually speaking to your customer? Because if you're not, like, there's no wonder you're not getting the results that you're, you're wanting. Um, so I would definitely say, like, be aware of those three W's, let's call them. Um, I think something else also in terms of socials for small businesses um, would probably be don't give yourself a hard time. Like if it's not going the way you think it needs to be going, like you've got this assumption that you need to have the perfect polished feed and the most amazing of everything. Like, please just give yourself a break. I said this to a client recently, like we're in a pandemic, like you're a small business, you're doing everything that you possibly can you're not able to outsource right now, please don't give yourself a hard time. Like if you need a few days to prep content for the next two weeks, do it. Like no one's going to come chasing after you. No one's going to judge you for it. Um, So I think also just a mindset shift when it comes to Instagram for businesses and socials is really important. That's so good. Thank you so much. And I think actually... (laughs) You know, so many guests bring up the the topic of target audience and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and it can yeah. be a minefield in itself. But even you mentioning being aware of what you sell and why you sell it, yeah, it's so shocking how many people are not aware. I know you'd of be what surprised. They sell yeah, I know, and why they sell it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. I mean, it's the thing is, it does sound so obvious, and it sounds yeah. so basic, like obviously I sell a candle if I'm a candle brand, but it's far more than that. Like, why would they buy the product? Like, have you thought about how they would use it? Would they burn it? Would they keep it as a decorative piece? Like there's so much that comes with it. So yeah. How's it going to make them feel when it's sat on their mantelpiece or when they're burning it? Or Mm. what does it smell like? Yeah, there is, there's literally so much to it. And again, it sounds super basic, but honestly, you need to get the basics right for it to work. So start there. 100%. 100%. Thank you so much for your time, Carmela. Oh, you're amazing. welcome. Thanks for having me. I've had the best time. As you know, I can probably chat for hours. I've loved it. <laughs> I feel like we could do this for days, to be honest. Yeah. We just keep going. <laughs> but let's not. Maybe maybe we'll get you back on. That'll be fun. Yeah, I would so be down for a part two, 100%. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes, nailed it. <laughs> um, so, heaven forbid that anybody has not heard of you before this podcast doesn't follow you and doesn't Mm -hmm. know what services you offer where can they find you how can they work with you all of that great stuff yeah sure so as i said the business is belvedere marketing i'm lucky enough to have the same instagram handle so it's just at belvedere as in the vodka but with marketing (laughs) at the end now i say that because it's actually an italian word and so if i was to come on here with the accent people would be like what the hell is this girl talking about but yeah so it's felt like the vodka um i'm a social media manager i specialize on instagram um, i offer a variety of services so content creation product photography management of your instagram and kind of implementation of strategy as well 
But then I also have other services for slightly maybe more smaller or independent startup businesses, which is consultancy. So it's kind of just like one-off things that we would work on together. And then it's just up to you to implement them. Um, and yeah, I basically bought that service out actually in the January because I just realized the situation we're in at the moment, like, you know, the general vibe of the economy, like I'm aware outsourcing is a big thing. So yeah, I say consultancy is one of my favorite things that I offer because I really enjoy those sessions. Um, and yeah, I've, you know, got a website, all that fun stuff. But yeah, my main platform is Instagram. So I would love if you come and say, hey, if you've got any questions, always, my DMs are always open. Love it. And you are the third of a brand new podcast. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am indeed. Yes. Yeah. So I am one third of the podcast called Out of Ideas. So I actually co-host it with obviously my co-host, but obviously uh, Lorna, you know them. They're Holly and Phoebe from the co-working club. And yeah, it's basically, well, it came funny enough from being out of ideas so that's why that. <laughs> we're all social media managers and yeah the podcast is basically for people either pre like entrepreneurial lifestyle phase like they're wanting to take the leap for people with side hustles freelancers you name it even if they're just kind of thinking of dipping their toe in that big pond and it can seem quite scary at times so yeah we just basically go through uh, we have episodes every two weeks and we pretty much just discuss things that you know, you may need to know or you may not know about the entrepreneurial lifestyle. So we've talked about imposter syndrome, money. We've got some really fun topics coming up. So yeah, feel free to check us out on um, Spotify or Apple Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird when you've got to talk about things like that, isn't it? I know. Like, like... I, get, I get like oh, under the collar. I'm like, God, have I, met, have I mentioned everything? Like, have I missed something out? <laughs> There's so much to it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's so nice being this side of the mic is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I, I know. To be fair, I've not actually been interviewed that much for podcasts. It's actually quite fun to kind of be on the receiving end of the questions. I really like it. Good. Good. You did a bloody great good oh, job. Thank you. Thank you very much. So if anybody is listening and you want help with your Insta, either on a one-off basis or, you know, ongoing support, then Carmela is your lady. Thank you so much for your time, Carmela. It's been an You're absolute pleasure. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. And I will hold Good. you part two, by the way. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we will get you back for part two. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll talk to you really, really soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.